0: another edition of the southern ontario dirt show podcast jonathan howe here travis cunningham alongside co-hosting this shindig for episode 60 brought to you by brp bicknell racing products and also we've got ashwick speedway as one of our big partners as well we appreciate them coming on board and providing awesome racing action every friday night full details can be found on their website and lastly lastly make sure you go and buy your tickets for Merrittville speedway from our friends at Vansicle Pet Value or Lundy's Lane Pet Value so that you can go and get your tickets ahead of time. No waiting in a line, nothing like that. You're just good to go right off the bat. So, uh, Travis, episode 60, who comes to mind for you with the number 60?
1: Well, Kyle Tomaski reminded me of this one because he texted me or messaged me on Facebook talking about the number this week. And his was Christy Dulage. She's a female flat track racer at Wyland county because this one is a hard one and uh so there's one and i'm friends with her on instagram so i had to give her a shout out but i also have uh chris Steele's very first mod light with number 60 i have another one famous one do you think of any
0: i got richard hadler in the 60 mini stock right i knew there was a mini stock yeah richard hadler beautiful shout out okay. to richard and uh the other one I was to thinking sponsor joe for doing all the the drone work he's been doing all season long
1: oh that's his guy yeah gotcha Okay, I knew there was a 60 in the mini stocks. That was crossing my mind. But then a famous one is Doug Hoffman. At one point in his career was 60 over. He's a famous super jerk Car Series guy. And what was the other one I was thinking of? I think Jackson Gill. He's like a Can-Am guy. 60. Those are the only ones I could think of.
0: Nice. Well, we got some local representation in there. If there's any more, always feel free to let us know via social media who, who we missed. Uh, let's start with Friday night for you from Osh Weekend. Uh, break down your night because you had another solid top 10 run going
1: yeah so most other weeks this year i've been starting at the back half of the heat race and having to start pretty far back or no i have been starting 12th a couple weeks before that but uh, this week i finally got to start outside pole the heat race because it was uh timed hot laps which i hope we do all the time just gonna throw that in there i love timed hot laps i think it's the most fair way to do it but anyway i screwed up the heat race didn't matter fell back to six had to start 19th uh, and then just tighten the car up like no tomorrow because track was slick, so I figured I'd just roll the bottom do what I was good at, and it worked 19th to 8th.
0: Nice. That's a real heck of a drive forward, dude. <laughs> last two
1: weeks, I have passed uh, quite a few cars. Actually, it's just been the same cars multiple times.
0: Yeah, and yeah. that uh, works out well. Let's talk about the big win for our pal Mike Bowman, who picks up the big check. Of course, this was um, good to remind uh, remind everybody. This was a Southern Ontario Sprint. Uh, event yep. and uh so that's part of the reason that there was uh four thousand to win that was the tammy 10 little ben night and uh what did it Four thousand and ten dollars the winner took yeah home, everybody
1: so. got an extra 10 bucks thanks to sam hay for teep jr nice yep. yeah
0: and mike gets the win his first in a 360 sprint uh i saw him Oops, as i knocked my laptop over <laughs> edit that out had a chance to hang out with Mike uh, kind of unexpectedly at the Toronto Indy on Sunday. I kind of just went last minute and was going to go and have a, a nice, uh, you know, nice little sit on the backstretch, watch from the general admission area uh, on Lakeshore. And then uh, I go up to, uh, I go up to see uh, the Mike Bowman crate Sprint car that was on display at Rev TV's little booth. And Mike was there with Beaver and our, uh, and Liam, the brothers, Daniels and, they uh they were said hey you know you got an extra ticket you want to come hang out with us in the grandstand and of course I had to jump on that so uh, that was a blast and Mike was very stoked on the results um, I was kind of bugging him because it, it this this kind of felt inevitable right like I I just think the way he took to crate sprints and how fast he found success in a crate it's not always the case but it just felt like this was going to be uh, something that Mike took to pretty quickly with the 360.
1: Yeah. Wasn't the crates for me, is more how he's been running the whole season. Yeah. Second two weeks in a row, second at Merrillville or third. Yeah. I think it was second. Second, I think. One of the two. And then, yeah, so he's been on it all year, just waiting for it. And there it was. He loves his slick track, just like me. And uh, yeah, double file restarts. You think he started six, so those early restarts definitely didn't hurt him because, like, back in the day, you would have been six single file yeah. if it was a restart on the first lap. Now you've got to be right there, up there. And, like, with my finishes the past two weeks without double file restart slash choose cone would have not have been possible. So cheers to those two things for me.
0: Yeah, so you're... And cheers to
1: Mike for the win.
0: So the verdict is I've in. Done. So you like... For me, That's it. I'm, okay. I'm in on the choose cone. All yeah. right. I like that. I like that little bit of positivity I'm, there. That's, I was
1: always in on the double file restarts. I was, too. Right. I, I really like that. But now that... that yeah, it seems most guys picked the top, so like on the last restart, I, def- I definitely gained a row. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah, so Mike Bowman wins it over Ryan Turner. Dylan Westbrook ends up uh, on the podium in third. Mitch Brown fourth, and DJ Christie, another solid run, finishes in fifth. Hard Charger goes to Josh Hansen. all too fast. I know. Just slow down. There's good stuff. Slow J- down. Josh Hansen went 23rd to uh, 10th after I think he had some problems in his heat race, if he I'm not He hit me on the
1: Hard Charger.
0: Yeah. That bugger. Got you by what two. two spots? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was hoping for that. I'm like, oh, I hope Hanson didn't get quite as far as I did. And then, sure enough, nipped me by two. <laughs> that was literally my thoughts pulling out the track. Like, oh, did I get our charger? And the one I thought of was Hanson that could have beat me. Yeah, he was way back there.
0: And yeah. over in the Strickland's Crate Sprints from Friday night, Brett Stratford gets the win, a breakthrough win for him from the pole over Mac Deman, Dale Curran, Steve Murdoch, and Jesse Costa.
1: Yeah stratford finally breaks through that's another one that win's been coming for a lot longer than the mike bowman 360 win that's for sure uh last two years i'd say last year was the first year that brett ever got to race last weekend so pretty sure his yeah his career started in the covid year that six race shortened so pretty crappy year to start your season and then he ran the action sprint tour on the 2021 shortened season and all that but yeah last two years is his first Two years at Ash and he took to it pretty quick. Just couldn't quite get that win. He's been on the podium a million times. And uh, there's another bad night to good night story because he was wrecked the week before and super mad he had to walk away because I parked right next to him. And uh, after that, when he got into that tangle, and then this week he's a winner.
0: And over in the middle port, Mechanical Thunderstocks, Ryan Beagle ends up with the big win. Uh, the big dog, not a surprise. Uh, I think the most surprising part is... He's the hard charger goes 17 spots plus 17 uh, after starting 18th to win that one over Mike Thorne. How about our boy uh, Mikey Bobby with a solid run Kyle Wert in third Logan Schwedick fourth and Ryan Dinning rounds at your top five.
1: Yeah. Shout out to Mikey Bobby for sure. When they said 55 when I, cause we were going out next and I heard that on the one way while we were pacing. I was like, ah, sweet. Anyway. So yeah, the big dog, I saw a funny post Chris Dickey posted a, like shared a thing from back in the day where he, He's like back when he was the stray dog and he was just bumming a hot dog off them. And now he's the big dog or something. I thought that was funny. I saw that just before we went on today. And uh, yeah, big dog used to be the stray dog. Now he's a big dog.
0: Nice. That's funny. He is rolling right now. That 84 K RK yeah. is dialed. And, uh, you know, you know what, maybe the iRacing, uh, BRP tour win. Maybe that's, uh, maybe that just allowed him to carry over some momentum into, uh, the street stock this year.
1: No, he's just a good race car driver. And, uh, like if I ever came into money and I could buy a 358 mod, I would buy one for myself, and then I'd have one. Like Beegs would be my first guy to give a try in my spare car.
0: Oh really? Eh? Okay, let's um, let's do this. Okay, uh, I'm not. I'm give me like a top top five candidates from other series, other racing uh, to put in a 358 modified right now. Oh man, you already named Beagle. Now you're putting me on
1: the spot. Well, that was the only one. I was giving Beags the love. Yeah. Now you got four other people love.
0: Well, who else yeah. would it be?
1: Well, obviously, Cody. Yep. Cody count? McPherson for sure. Yeah, I'd love to see him do a full season.
0: I think you got to put Nelson uh, Mason in there with his uh, quick take, two. I'm literally
1: watching him at Canada. He's leading his heat at the Sportsman Tour race right now. Literally staring at it as you said that. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, you'll give your boy Nelson. Uh, hmm.
0: Is there a spring car guy you go
1: with? Uh... Yeah, I'm kind of thinking like street stocks and many lower dudes. Okay, uh, I would but like go Rothwell. With... Didn't Rothwell say like I like the guys that pick the mods on our question? That's true Rothwell too. Was one of them. I think Rothwell was. I'd give him a couple laps. Yep.
0: Give him a lap too. What about uh, uh, what about Jason Fontaine, one of our uh, recent guests? Sure. Why not? I could see him. I... And then
1: I'd give our boy Travis Miller some laps too. Of course. I know he's just if he he'll be listening. He'll be sitting there fuming that I haven't mentioned him yet. He's an already been a modified and got lots of good finishes and sports and wins. So, like, he's already established. Yeah. If I had a car, I'd probably, yeah, I'd let him drive it at least for a few races. Nice. Until, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I don't know what time the cutoff is, but maybe we can get out of here early enough and you can shoot across the border and grab a Powerball ticket and win a billion dollars. And then <laughs> there you go. When you're a billionaire, yeah. you can buy a race team for fun. I'd give all the BRP boys that, don't, like, Porter, like
1: all them guys that can wheel on the BRP series yep. that don't have a race car currently, I would give them a shot clue.
0: Nice. I like that. That's nice yeah. of you. Uh, Even to come on over the border. Yeah, why not? Let's yeah. see what Matt yeah. can do. Uh, let's. Um, there's no Meritville to talk about. We had a rain out on Saturday night, but I had the chance to call racing Friday night at uh, Ransomville Speedway and had a blast hanging out with uh, our pal, Stephen Petty. Uh, let's talk about, uh, I guess I want to shout out two, uh, two winners here, but Nelson Mason. Had an impressive run. Gained nine spots after starting 10th to win the high-tech concrete sportsman race there. Uh, Billy yeah. Bleach Jr. ended up third. Uh, and uh, uh, Cody McPherson had a flat tire. And he had to pit with maybe like nine laps to go, eight laps ago, And ended up uh, rallying to seventh. So not the night that he wanted, but still uh, a pretty good run for the old lucky number seven.
1: Yep. Uh, so yeah, Nelson Mason. He's a guy that showed interest and like really does want to move up to modified, so I think it's time for him to find a good used W16 and plop her in. Yeah, what do you think? You never know, right? So. He just won his heat that I was talking about. Nice, just finished now. He won. So. And uh, is that a yeah. uh,
0: that's a Western Tour region race for the sportsman? This is
1: some sort of sportsman tour race. Cody's there as well. Uh, I haven't seen it. fact like, I know Cody was going for sure because I saw him that Facebook. Yeah. Oh, I see Nathan Petey in this heat, so there's another one. Another one
0: of our local guys?
1: Other than that, it's all Senate. He's a Ransomville
0: guy. Yep. Speaking of Ransomville guys, in the Modifieds, Matt Williamson gets the win after starting second. He ends up winning that one over Eric Rudolph. Uh, Chad Brockman was third. Gary Lindbergh had a great run in the 37S back out at Ransomville, uh, finishing fourth, and Scott Kerwin ended up fifth. Uh, other notable kind of locals: Luke, uh, Pete, Pete McNeil ended up in sixth after starting tenth. Luke Carlton ended up seventh after starting thirteenth. Uh, yeah, that's kind of like our our, uh, our Canadians that were over there on Friday night for uh, sixteen cars in total in the modifieds over there. So pretty good, uh, pretty good little night there at Ringville, and I had a blast. Spent some money on diecast that I—it's eh, not that I shouldn't have, but. Uh, I I I I manage my budget pretty good. And uh, speaking of Ransomville, we'll see. As of recording this, I may be set for another go kart start tomorrow. We'll see if the ride is ready. Then I'm driving. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, uh, David uh, uh messaged me today and was like, "Hey, um, I just bought another cart. I sold the last one that you raced, but I'm picking it up tonight. Uh, do you want to? Ma- if I can get the cart ready, do you want to come race it tomorrow for the fun cra- Fun class?" And I'm like. Uh, yeah, that would be awesome. So, man, you already sold your other ride. You
1: must've been such, so good. You sold it. Apparently it was your drive. Yeah. Right. They yeah. said if,
0: if this guy can run second, Finish. then anybody can run second in this thing.
1: Now the laps that I saw, which was probably your best ones picked out, which we posted They're looking Yeah. Good. Yeah. So,
0: uh, we'll see if I can improve. And, uh, if I race again tomorrow, the goal is no spins at all through the night. If I can do that. And I think uh, I'm feeling a lot better about it. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. I mentioned Matt Williamson. We should probably talk about his big win at Weed Sport. Uh, he ends up uh, with the win in the Super Deer Car Series on, uh, what was that, Sunday night, I think it was? Ended up being? Yep, yep. Sunday. And he wins it over Matt Shepard. Both those drivers started on row number three. Matt on the inside, Shepard, I should say. Uh, Williamson on the inside, Shepard on the outside. And pole sitter Stuart Friesen ended up in third after losing two spots to those guys, and uh, he led uh, fifty-six laps in total too. So yeah, it was a pretty. The big three were the top three yes. on Sunday
1: night. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so Shepard and Friesen started the same row, like you said, and then they just kind of picked their way through the same. And then they got to Stu, and Stu was able to hold them off for a while, but Matt money Matt williamson was able to sneak by him first and then he checked out again almost it was like was it five seconds six seconds or something not 16 this time but still quite a bit i knew that was gonna happen when he got the lead first he was gonna be i knew stewie was holding them up and i knew he was better than shepherd because he did get to freezing first and then shepherd caught up to them because freezing was able to hold Matt off
0: but uh so yeah and then yeah yeah, top three Big and three. Shepard and Williamson now separated by forty points in the standings. Uh, Williamson is down forty points to leader Matt Shepard. Uh, so even more now because tonight's
1: Canadagua and Matt Shepard already has the quick time five points bonus. Anyone is heat, I think. Yeah. So there's more. they do everything in that series. Yeah.
0: So uh, because that's
1: how Matt won the race last time and still ended up two points less. Mm-hmm. Like still, he won the race, but was still two points behind where he started the night. I don't know if I like yeah. that. Yeah,
0: I yeah. I I, like I'm a fan of giving out bonus points, but I feel like maybe that's just—is that too many bonus points? You can maybe have that conversation, you know, like it.
1: Yeah, that was my complaint to the boys in the BRPI Racing Series. And like, how is because Plank wasn't leading the point points by one point after he hadn't finished a race yet, but he had won like five of the six or six of the seven races. How isn't he getting yeah. the points? There's other. Yeah. That's how that kind of stuff makes it. Yeah, but other factors. Whatever. It's the way it is.
0: And yep. got to give a shout out to uh Matt's dad Randy Williamson who was elected into the Dirt Motorsports Hall of Fame. Had a chance to chat with Matt actually at Ransomville about the night and he uh, talked about uh, as as far as public speaking goes, you know, he can get on a microphone after a win or a pre-race and do media that way, but having to give a speech especially uh one that's as meaningful as inducting uh, his dad or congratulating him on the induction, uh that's uh that's that was apparently a pretty nerve-wracking thing for, for Matt Williamson. But uh, all in all, really cool that uh, Randy got that honor uh, this past week. And even cooler that Matt backed it up with a win. That was the part I liked about it. And yeah, Randall, nothing
1: else to say about him. Just uh, one of the goats on the wrenches on a dirt modified. And uh, well-deserved to be in there. It was him, Tim Fuller, and someone like an older guy. I think there was four
0: I think. in total, right? So
1: Yeah. Tim Fuller was mm-hmm. another big one. Yeah, I love Tim Fuller. And and Randall. They're and
0: buddies. we should get into, we already mentioned Stuart Friesen, but he had himself a nice little uh, rant on Monday night after the short track super series. So break down, uh, break down this one, because I guess this is, I was seeing some posts online. This is not maybe the first time that uh, Stuart has been a little bit uh, outspoken about track conditions.
1: Oh, I don't know about that, but... Anyway, yeah, Fonda's had a little bit of chop in one and two the last few weeks Anytime I've turned it on. And, uh, yeah, Stewie was just... uh, You could tell he was mad he didn't win. Like, there was one long... So, like, Williamson had the pole. Fonda's not really his track. He was able to hold on to fifth. But uh, Shepard was leading. And, uh, yeah, Stewie had to come from 15th because it's a draw race with the Short Track Super Series at every race. No time trials for setting up the heat races. So, Stewie had a bad draw. Had to claw through his heat. Had to start 15th and there was long, long green where I thought maybe he was going to be able to get around Shepard if it went green, then didn't go green. And on the restart, he gave up two spots, made a mistake, wasn't able to get there. And then, yeah, he just went on the uh, rant in the victory lane and almost felt like there might be a little bit of tension between him and the Fonda promoter who I thought him and Stewie were pretty tight, but uh, man, it felt tight between them two and uh, called it an asshole twice. And like I read some posts online where like Stewie's dad's not doing the track there anymore, but he is still doing Utah Karome. Uto Karome's always tip top, in my opinion. Like I loved it when I was there, absolute perfect conditions, and uh, yeah, Fonda's Just had a little bit of chop, but wasn't like horrific or anything. I've seen that place be way worse, but you could tell he's just fired up and mm-hmm. vented.
0: So, what was the story involving Stewie when he had himself a little sit on top of the race car? Because I saw that, saw that, that one round.
1: In my opinion. Okay. Was warranted. Okay. So we're going to bring you so far back. I think this was after he had just won the his first Super Dirt Week. So that would have been 2010. It was either his first or second. I'm 90% sure it was his first Dirt Week. He went to Orange County the next week for the Eastern States 200, driving his own car like he owned that thing. Pete's Log sponsored it. People... Third people back in the day, remember? Pete's logs were on so many people's cars, like Chad Brackman and Scott George and Stewie had them for a long time, and I'm missing so many because they were on a lot of cars. Rudolph for a while, and uh, so yeah, so he's own car and he's leading the whole thing. Like got through the pit stops, was leading, and it was coming down to like I don't know, twenty to go or so, I'd say. And then there was a caution or like, and then a restart or something like that. But anyway, the score. Put Tim McCready in front of him, like, because of the transponder, like, skipped or something. And the transform, the transponder malfunction ended up putting McCready ahead of Stewie for the restart. And, like, if you go back and watch the videos, there's lots of stuff on YouTube on it if you want to go back and check if you haven't seen this stuff. But all the, yeah, real dirt people remember this, like, it was yesterday. So, yeah, he was fighting the call, fighting the call, fighting the call. Like, but he clearly, McCready was not ahead of him anyway. So it finally led to him stopping the car on the front straightaway and getting out and sitting on the roof. And they had to tow him (laughs) away. And uh, it was just like extra. uh, He was extra mad because it was like a one lane around the bottom type track with rubbered up like I talked about last week. That's how it got back then on the Eastern States 200. But uh, even Tim McCready said in his victory lane, like he gave Stewie, like he said, that was definitely a mistake. I wasn't leading. So, yeah, that was the other one that came up. That's what brought out. This is the. Yes, it was. Rant brought that picture yeah. up quite a bit. That's a yeah. long
0: time. I, I now, personally don't probably. hold that against him, but some dirt racing fans uh, on Facebook would like to. Anyways, it was so extra
1: because I think because he was owning his own car back then, like that was his car. He had to put his own yeah. money into that one. So like that meant so much extra when you're not just driving someone's stuff like you had. To, yeah. Oh, you know for know what sure. I mean? Like, right. Yeah. So, that's why he was so extra mad on that one. And I wanted I was I was mad too cuz I wanted Stewie as a Canadian to back up his first ever Super Dirt Week win as a Canadian. I'm not sure if he would be the first Canadian to win Eastern States, but I just wanted him to double up. That would have been the coolest thing ever cuz he was still coming up yeah. the ranks back then.
0: So, yeah. So. I uh I I stand by it and if he wants to uh he's one of those guys who's got some experience so that if if he says a track is not in ideal shape. I, I definitely at least take that uh, with some weight behind it.
1: Well, Danny Varen did wreck her in that race, and it was probably because of a malfunction on the car because yeah. of the track. The car just, it did like, who did I see? Oh, yeah, J.R. Fitzpatrick in the APC race. He was leading, and something just broke, and he piled her in the wall of mm-hmm. Flamborough on Sunday. And it was kind of the same thing with Danny Varen last night, and ended up yeah. tipping over.
0: So we talked about um, you know race teams owning your own stuff. How about uh, one for the little guys? And Shark Racing and Logan Schuhart are your champions of the Eldora Million.
1: Yeah, that made me happy because I love Kyle. Like I'm a huge Kyle Larson fan, but I love watching him lose on dirt. Like, but I hate lo- watching him lose in NASCAR. But nowadays, like he's just won so much. Like I was just hoping, like come on, let the million go to someone other than Larson. Now I didn't like Larson had yeah. a horrific wreck in that race as well. Like in my opinion if the car would have hit him not in the fuel cell and in the cockpit, good Lord. Like there's no way he yeah. would not have been injured at least. Right. You know what I mean? Cause it ripped like he that guy was still going full yeah. tilt when he hit him. And the eerie thing about that crash, if you've ever seen that it's in the flow racing documentary, but he had a real bad crash in that pretty much exact same spot in a wingless sprint car back in the day, driving the Hoffman 69, but where he did come down like cage first and the car did almost hit him in the cage, but just caught him in the right angle where it didn't quite get to his helmet. And it was like in the exact same spot. So like if that guy would have been not on the fuel cell I'm up a few bits, like, whew, man, that was an ugly crash for Larson. But then that did, I don't think Larson would have had anything. That was on the restart after the fuel stop. So everyone had full fuel and there was a pretty good sized rut in one and two, the guys were hitting and then cars were getting pretty out of shape about it. And Rachel just couldn't hold it. That caused that wreck. I don't think anyone had anything for Schubert Anyway, he started on the pole. He looked like he had the fastest car. Yeah, he was bad online. fast.
0: But then that's kind of the uh we talked about with Jesse Costa the highs and lows of racing. He comes back and doesn't even make the Kings Royal, along with a couple other major players like Brad yeah. Sweet.
1: Yeah, that was another situation. But I just want to talk to him a little bit more about Shark Racing just how, like, there's that saying in racing. Like, these people literally came, like, when they started on the Outlaw tour, they're in their grandpa's old trailer that they home-mailed theirself and a super old, like, towed home thing, and they would tow two cars in it, and they only had two motors, and they had to, like, pull off, just like I've talked about before. Like, when you're running at the back and it's not worth it, you have to pull off and save your motor a little bit. So they used to have to do that all the time. They got through the OLA, But, like, they're the team that, like they always say, how to make a small fortune in racing, start with a big one. Well, they're the team that went the other way. They started with nothing, and now they are millionaires, which is... they got huge sponsors now and everything with Dryden and all that on Logan's car. And all that kind of stuff. So they're literally doing good now. Got two nice trailers for both boys him and Jacob Allen, who Jacob was also rolling pretty good in the million as well. So it was good to see. It was just good to see a guy that actually turned into a millionaire get for me.
0: The folks from Van Sickle Value and PV on the Lane aren't just fans of your favorite four legged friends, they are race fans too. That's why Jeff and Rhonda Riley, as well as their staff, have teamed up with Merrittville Speedway to make your race day experience more convenient. Race fans can now pick up tickets for race nights while grabbing the highest quality food, treats, toys and accessories for their pets from the St. Catharines and Niagara Falls locations. Each grandstand ticket will also have a voucher that can be used in store for a free pet bath at their dog wash stations. Drivers and crew members can also skip the line by purchasing pit passes in-store, giving them more time to get their rides ready for Saturday nights. Check out Vansicle Pet Value across from Best Buy and Walmart on 4th Avenue in St. Catharines and PV on the lane at the corner of Kayla Road and Lundy's Lane Highway 20. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's one of the great things about race car driving and this sport is that, you know, I like, guess like there's not that many million dollar races, so it's not like this happens all the time or anything. But it is one of those careers where you, all it takes is one win and that can snowball you and propel you to something that you might not have even dreamed about when you started your career. Yeah,
1: definitely can't say it was a shock that they won because he's won four outlaw races, I think he said there. So it's definitely not a shock that he won. But uh, definitely cool to see them actually become a millionaire. And there was one other picture of him, like when he was running a 358 Sprint Car Weekly in Central Pennsylvania, and they were towing it with like a Subaru station wagon on an old, like on literally like a Lionscape trailer. Oh man, awesome pick to come to that. But then, yeah, didn't qualify for the Kings Royal, which was for the World of Outlaw Division on Saturday. And yeah, that's because they had the set format of inverting six. And. They got rained during the whole day. They couldn't start the race later. I think time trial started at nine or later. So the track was pretty hammered down and time trial and good almost was bad. Like I think the top seven guys in time trial didn't make it. David Gravel played it perfect and ended up on the pole. Like, like he, I don't know if you can say he sandbagged, but like I would have been detuning, like a drag race guy in that situation. If your drag, if your crew chief had a little bit of drag racing yeah. background and like they're used to running breakouts and stuff like that, And they knew how to detune just for like a tenth or two less because that was the difference they were playing with between the invert and not being in the invert. But it was, yeah, like a tenth or two or three tenths. So if you could detune your motor just that little bit just to get try in the middle there, if you knew your stuff that much, that was the way to go. And Dravel, in my opinion, nailed it perfectly and ended up on the pole. Same with Donnie Shots. And that's how Shots ended up winning the thing. Donald's always around for the money. I used to hate watching Donnie Mm -hmm. Shots win. When he would win all the time, but now I love watching Johnny Schatz win because he's old. And
0: yeah, I was gonna chunk, say, and it doesn't—it's not like there. it happens every single week anymore, yeah. right? But yeah, led let all forty laps after starting on pole. It was uh, definitely—he won the Nox kind of a beat Sports. down, honestly. So, he yeah, was around for the money again. Not a not a surprise that he was there, right? Yeah. When it came down to it, uh, Kyle Larson ended up fifth, and that one plus ten spots. Rico Abreu gained uh, fourteen to finish sixth. Carson Macedo, who won the night before, went from 21st to eighth. So there were some big movers throughout the field. It was definitely a track that you could uh, make some moves and pass, uh, pass on. So uh, Carson Macedo ended up uh, he won the night before as well, right? So yeah. And uh, my guy Casey Kane ends up in ninth in the nine car. So in the Kings Royal I'm still on the lead lap. Yeah, that's awesome. He's kind of like me. Yeah, yeah so, hit or
1: miss. Sometimes he's,
0: eh, but then sometimes he's pretty good. Yeah. And uh, I always like seeing him do well. And I'm happy that he's still racing something because uh, I remember like he was just so highly touted as a prospect and he was so consistent out of the gate and then won a lot, but he, he did have a lot, but he was one of the rich
1: daddies. There is no doubt about that. Unlike a Larson, Larson's literally one of the only guys out there that didn't have a little bit of buy-in right now.
0: If you ask me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's kind of funny, right? It's, it's funny how that's,
1: unless maybe kyle it's, bush or something
0: well it's funny he, that he's now like the like the best of the bunch it's almost like you almost wonder if that fact he had to race as hard as he did to make it and keep making it and keep moving up is what makes him so good now yeah in the
1: documentary there they said if it wasn't for chip canass we all knew that anyway if it wasn't for chip Ganassi, he wouldn't have been nothing yeah, every other time exactly. money so
0: uh, Lernerville, uh, you wanted to get into this story from flow where they actually, I guess what are we calling it, blacked out the three Oh five part of the evening and yeah. didn't have those airing on flow, which to me seems kind of backwards. Like, didn't you want to like promote, just, like what I would assume is probably a lot of local guys. Right. And
1: yeah, I would have known they didn't yeah, show me who it true. was, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Like just the thing, like we go back, like Clint always says how it's positive, and uh, like they do have their own streaming thing, I think, where you have to pay and stuff. And I get like blacking it out so people have to buy mm-hmm. the other one. But I think for that one singular night where you had to break down and the All-Star Circuit of Champions were there. Why not just let you guys yeah. have the national exposure just for one singular night? Like Lernerville is an anti-streaming and all that track anyways. Like they're one of, on that side of it. So like they hate they were the track that we talked about earlier in the year that had like no yep. videos allowed or pictures in the stands, they ended up taking the signs down because of peer pressure. And yeah, Twitter just blew up yesterday about the three oh fives not running not mm-hmm. being shown on flow. And because the track asked them not to. Just like sometimes if they have a couple times of the year USAC and World of Outlaws will run at Eldora on the same night. So then if you have dirt vision and but you have flow and not dirt vision, like that night you can only watch USAC or the other way around you can only watch the outlaws and if you have both you literally have to switch in between both or have another screen going so yeah that's what the stream you can get kind of yeah that kind of stuff in racing too but it it's, it's real quick in my opinion just let your yeah just let your guys show off their sponsors for one night i would love to learn how all those 305 guys work yeah I exactly right so
0: um, we should talk about uh you know, Lernerville obviously is walking a fine line, but they from all accounts are still a pretty healthy facility, but there are some racetracks that are struggling and some that are closing their doors that was announced in this past week or so.
1: Yeah, Larson did win last night at Learnerville at the all-star race where all that stuff was going on. And then uh, yeah, tracks that one like my dad's been to a drag track. That one shocked me. Atco New Jersey. They just they didn't blame social media or nothing, just said cease and operations and that's it. That one blew me away. Then there was another one in Knox, Pennsylvania. I know my buddy Jimmy Holden, who races dirt style modifies, center steer. Uh, he's raced there a bunch, and that used to be his home track. So that one kind of sucks too. I've never been there or anything, but that's another one. Just same thing. Didn't blame nothing. Just season operations. And then the track that the NHRA was at just this past weekend, Bandimere Dragway. Pretty sure, I forget where that one's at. Colorado. Yep, yeah, because it was Mile High Nationals. Correct. And uh, that's where Tony Stewart's wife, Leah Pruitt Stewart, uh, that's where she started her career and everything. and
0: Yeah. That one's gone Which is wild because, again, so, it was literally just hosting uh, a major event in the NHRA. Well, yeah, that's one that's way true. to go out, though. So. Yeah. That was yeah. probably why they did it.
1: But, yeah, it's just, I know that's a trend that's going to keep happening. Like, the ones that are booming are going to be booming and survive. But the ones that have been struggling lately.
0: And that's why it's important yeah. to get out to your local. I know they've
1: been struggling pretty hard. Yes. Support your local tracks. That's why streams are good because you gotta go to the tracks too. Streams are yeah. for when you can't make it. You can't say you didn't yeah, exactly. either. But,
0: to I, go to any race to do that. And I just think like with dirt racing, it's always better in person. It really is. Like it's good. It's good yeah. because we can watch so much different racing from across North America and you can keep up on some other series, but That's what it is for me. There's just nothing about there.
1: I could see more blackouts. And stuff. Like, they could have blacked out the 305s to local people last night, but still let us people that aren't going to track that night watch or something. Yeah, you'd have to do do it with, like,
0: geo-blocking. Because there is some... Yeah.
1: Because, like, Lincoln Speedway, they dropped off Flow. I loved watching Lincoln Speedway on Flow. And now this year, it's only a few races where I can. And in my opinion, I feel like they could have blocked out the central Pennsylvania area so that their local people had to go. And then a guy like us... Can actually watch. guys like us and... Girls like people. That I mean, watch, our
0: the, to arguably watch. the biggest racetrack right. in the world, most famous speedway in the world, has one of the biggest yearly blackouts, and that's the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the Indy 500. So, it's it, exactly there's, there's models, there's ways to work it, and while it sucks that you know us internationals can't catch up and stay with the 305s like that, uh, there's there's ways around it. And I think I'm optimistic that tracks are going to learn from situations like this and improve the product uh, for streaming going forward. Yeah just so and speaking of sponsors uh a race that we were a part of with the southern ontario dirt show podcast the larry gartler or larry gartley memorial at little middleton easy for me to say uh that was uh what i guess last night as we record this on wednesday
1: yep yeah, it was tuesday night that would have been july 18th it would have rained out a week uh I gotta check out the messages or his, the results. I know Jack Burbage won one of the features and that was pumped up about that because I've known his dad for a long time and still race with him to this day. And, uh, I know they had to invert 15. Like it was going to be like, they were going to invert everyone on the lead lap and then it ended up being 15 cars. So someone else won the second feature. I'm looking that up right now.
0: How do you like that too?
1: To- second winner was Ryan Wilson. These were both like the box mm-hmm. docs class, so like these were kids getting pretty decent money for nice kart And races.
0: how do you feel about that two feature format? The way they did the invert and all of that stuff. Oh, yeah,
1: that's fine. I've Been through that format. I don't know if like that's how they that's how it was initially supposed to be. Yeah. So yeah, I just didn't know if the rainout had anything no, to do with that. But I, I, I did. That's how they kind of like that for especially that. for the
0: kids. Give multiple chances to win a race in the same sure. night especially as big as that race will ended up being
1: yeah uh yeah well the go-karts like whenever i race go-karts you'd have two heat races and stuff like that and the first one if you are starting on the pole then that's one gonna be starting last but there's always one
0: feature and that was yeah. i love how they did this so yeah i just love the jackie yeah. picked up. that's awesome course. man uh it's been an awesome show lots yep. to recap but we are far from done
1: oh yeah and thanks to Curtis, you gave my mom a shirt. Oh, Curtis Gurley shirt. There you go. She Merch is it.
0: flying off the shelves.
1: Yeah. And he bought Sweet. two stickers.
0: Sticker sales are continuing yep. for this Kurt. fine podcast. And uh, yeah, I'll have to pick up some more next week because I haven't been at BRP this week because I've been busy covering stuff over at Hits FM.
1: Yeah. Yeah, That's I was gonna say you guys have
0: uh, been tuning in in the shop and being like, "I work with that guy." Oh, for sure. Nice. Yeah. Honestly, nice. probably all. all right. Well, let's, um, let's get to our guest for, uh, this, uh, this week in what are we saying? First time crate sprint driver, right? First time crate sprint winner, Brett Stratford Yep. coming off a big win Correct. at Ashwiken. We'll talk all about that with him coming up on the Southern Ontario Dirt Show podcast. The Southern Ontario Dirt Show is brought to you by Ashwiken Speedway, Southern Ontario's home for Friday night excitement. For over 25 years, Oshweekan Speedway has promoted and played host to sprint car racing with a new season of family-friendly events on the horizon and set to begin May 19th. Catch our own Travis Cunningham as he races weekly in the 360 division each Friday night in pursuit of a season-long championship. The Friday night lineups are rounded out by crate sprints, thunderstocks, and mini stock divisions as well. In addition to weekly racing, and Speedway will also hold several marquee events for the Southern Ontario Sprints, the Action Sprint Tour in their West Series and National Series, as well as a visit from Canada's premier stock car series, the NASCAR Pinty Series, on August 14th and 15th for their only stop on dirt. Mark your calendars as the 3/8 mile dirt track located in Oshuiken, Ontario, welcomes drivers from across the country and beyond for the 19th running of the Canadian Sprint Car Nationals which is scheduled for September 16th. To keep up to date with the latest news from the track, be sure to find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For track information on policies, admissions, directions, and more, be sure to visit ashwikenspeedway.ca. That's O-H-S-W-E-K-E-N speedway.ca. you your home for Friday night excitement. The Southern Ontario Dirt Show is brought to you by Bicknell Racing Products. The last 40 years plus have seen Bicknell Racing Products grow to be an industry leader for racers and enthusiasts alike. Their St. Catharines location is home to 20,000 square feet of manufacturing and retail space with a second store in Niagara Falls, New York and a dealer network that continues to grow day by day to serve Southern Ontario, Western New York and beyond. Bicknell Racing Products distributes Hoosier tires for much of Eastern Canada, New York and even parts of Pennsylvania. BRP has everything you could need to keep your car performing at its peak with genuine parts from the manufacturer. They even have a technical support line committed to helping you with the most up-to-date information and feedback from racers and crew chiefs. Have you ever thought about a career in the automotive or racing industry? Now is your chance to take the leap with Bicknell Racing Products. They are looking for CNC machine operators, welders, and more to join their team this season. Please send all resumes to Curving at bicknellracingproducts.com. That's D-A-N-A. C-U-R-V-I-N at BicknellRacingProducts.com. For further information on Bicknell Racing Products and to find a dealer near you, visit BRP online at www.BicknellRacingProducts.com or on Facebook or at Twitter.com slash Bicknell Racing. Back at it on the Southern Ontario Dirt Show, joining Travis and myself now is... Brett Stratford, coming off a big win at uh, Shweek and Brett. Talk to us about uh, the breakthrough performance from last Friday.
2: Yeah, um, it finally happened, eh? The uh, Basically, the car's been an absolute rocket, and finally everything came together.
1: Yeah, was- so what I want to talk, like, uh, just talk about how cool it was to get, like, because you had to really battle for it. You were leading, and then it almost looked like you were going to give it away a little bit, maybe. And then you got it back from Act to Man, one of the best in the division, you could say, all time. So just feel like that must have felt awesome.
2: Yeah. Um, uh, to be honest, I've given so many away, right? I've I've had a really, really good car so many times. And every time I got past, it's like I've lost my energy or my drive or uh something and and I've always given up. And um this time, when it happened, I actually slowed down, I chilled out, and I just got my brain back together and, and I really just started thinking and decided to focus and not allow it to happen anymore. And, uh, I actually had this feeling go through my body where I said, no, I I actually do have this. If I, if I really stop and think and put my, uh, my head to it It, and it worked.
0: Do you think a part of that is the confidence that you have in this race car? Cause again, you you mentioned it off the hop. It, It has been a bad, fast piece everywhere. You've shown up this year and, and you know, you know, you had the confidence to drive back up there.
2: Um, yeah, it, it, and that's actually true because everyone's been talking about how fast we are and how good we are, but deep down inside, I really haven't had confidence. And it's still, um, I'm still not that good in this car yet. Like, the, the, there's a lot more to go. I'm, I'm still not comfortable, believe it or not. I'm having claustrophobia issues. Um, it's just different. I haven't actually, I, I, I don't actually have it yet, to be honest. Um, but I'm telling you, when, when we do actually get it, <laughs> it's going to be a deadly combination. I'm, I'm telling you right now. I, it really is. I'm, and I'm not just saying that. I'm, I'm speaking the truth here.
1: I understand the claustrophobia issues in a sprint car. Like when they're yelling at us to get ready, it's like,
2: these it, things are not comfortable. Like we so, can get ready so quick. I, I got a couple funny stories here. So um, the, we got the car and the, the very first time it was ever at my house. I got up um, really early in the morning, like 5 in the morning. I was all excited. And I was sitting inside the car. Everything was all ha- I was so excited to finally get a race car. This is like four years ago now. And I'm sitting there, and everything was cool. I uh, put my seatbelts on. Everything was good. And then I thought, oh, you know, like a little kid, I went and got my helmet and the Hans device and all that. And I strapped myself in. I put my helmet on, my Hans on, put the seatbelts on. As soon as I pulled those belts tight, it was like a demon went through my body. And I fought for everything I had to get out of this car. I'm telling you, I was rolling around <laughs> on the ground. This is, this is, it's almost embarrassing. But um, you told me there, this. Was, there was nothing I could do. The claustrophobia got me. I was outside in the wintertime trying to figure out what is wrong with me. Now, fast forward four years. This year, practice, the first practice at auschwitz we were lined up. We weren't using the push, the go-kart track. We were lined up. We were just going to get pushed right on the track. Anthony's behind me in the quad, and everything's all good. We're getting ready to go out. I, I pulled my seatbelts down, and that same demon went through my body. I got out of the car in front of everybody, and I did not want to get back in that car. Now, ever since we switched to the GSR chassis, which has got a tall cage. It's much bigger in there. I am now finally comfortable in the car. Just the, just the way the cockpit is much bigger. And I honestly think that has something to do with the speed we've gotten recently. I really think the comfort level is huge for me. Like, like huge.
1: Yeah, I want to talk about that too, just about how you just switch Because if you build the GSR cars and you technically, even though Mike Bowman won right after you, you got it first. The guy that welds them up got the first one. So I thought that was cool. So yeah, yeah talk about you know, the Switch.
2: Yeah. Um. So with the Switch, we wanted to build a, a brand new car, like new motor, new rear end, new absolute everything, which would be awesome and all that, because uh, my engine is the same engine I've had since I've started. It's, it's getting old and wore out, but um, I wanted to do an actual test, like a, a an actual test on the chassis. So I decided to keep my engine, keep my rear end, keep at, we even have the same tires that are on the car that was on my maximum four. All we did is did a switch over with chassis and body just to prove if the car works or not. And I'm, you want to argue it or not, I'm telling you it was three to four tenths with just the chassis switch over. And that's, I'm not saying that because I build them. I'm saying that because that's what we saw. That's that's the actual truth of what happened.
0: Yeah. So, so do you think there's any particular you know, reason for that? Like, is there something in the way that you guys are building those that set uh, you apart, or is it just really that creature comfort, that driver comfort that you spoke of?
2: No, you know, I'm I'm 42 years old. I've been in this racing game a long, long time. I've built a lot of stuff. Um. Anyways, a dream of mine has always been to build race cars, I've just never had the money to do it properly or the the proper customer that could pay for it properly. I've had some dreams and ideas for years, and I finally got the opportunity with Glenn to do this, and I'm telling you, like, we put some bars in some areas for reasons, and we were looking for rear drive, rear grip, there's just stuff I've seen over the years, I never said nothing to nobody. We finally did it, built the car, Glenn allowed us to do whatever we wanted, and I'm, I'm pretty sure all those ideas and stuff work. Like there's no cars out there like this one. It's, it's the same wheelbase as a couple things, a couple cars, but there is nothing the same as everyone else. It's, it's all about behind the back of the head, where all the bars link up back there. That's, that's what's giving us the rear drive.
1: Nice. Well, he's giving us a little secret. Bowman's car has definitely got a ton of rear drive. I was noticing pictures. Like, those pictures that got posted with his wing trunked. And, yeah. She looked well, down and... Good.
2: I had a video sent to me today. It's about four seconds long. I'll, I'll, I'll personally send it to you. It's in-car video. And he gets on the throttle. And he just pulls the front wheels off the ground like nothing. Yeah, and it was like, slick. I'm, I, like, he is a fantastic driver. I'm so happy he's in one of our cars. He's, he's making them look good. Um, He'd probably win in something else, too. But I... I really think that chassis is what's making it a little bit easier for him. I stared at him last Friday, racing around there. I don't think you can make a car turn better than what he was doing. Like it, it was flawless. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's. Sorry, this is, I was
0: just gonna say, and that that uh, that confidence. You know, like he obviously has the the full GSR setup in the. In uh, the 360, but I was talking to him over the weekend, and the crate car is also going to uh, being converted to a GSR chassis. So whatever you guys have stumbled on, especially I, I kind of got an up close look at that. Uh, I guess are you guys calling it almost like a halo at the back there, uh, back of the headrest? Yeah,
2: uh, I I wouldn't call it a halo. Um, I think the halo is above the head, but it's it's yeah behind. I don't even know what you would call it. They're like the back, the A frame. Um, it's just it's where we've got it pulled way back. And it's just the way the weight transfer works and body placement. And the main thing is flex through the chassis where, where it's doing it. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's, you know, sprint cars, everyone says they're all the same. Well, yeah, to a point, but they're they're really Mm -hmm. not. There's, there's some pickup points. There's some motor angles. Um, and there's just, um, yeah. Uh, Placement of the weights on the wheels, basically, like where they're where they're where it's all balanced. It's just all about transfer, getting it to the rear wheels with with still keeping the car free. And it it, it really is doing something. Yeah,
1: for sure. It is working. I'll
2: give you yeah. guys that. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay,
1: let's throw it back to day one and your go-kart. Like tell us about your first ever go-kart race. Cause you are a go-kart con- connoisseur, like before you were the crate Sprint connoisseur.
2: Well, um, I don't know if uh, anybody actually realizes this, but I got my first ever go-kart off of Adam Ross. I knew that. Yeah, it was the 1992 Coyote Free Roller Wide Track. And um, um, we were buying the go-kart at the end of the season, but he ended up having his appendix taken out. So I got it a little bit early. Um, But yeah, that was probably one of the happiest days of my life, getting that (laughs) go-kart. And... uh, yeah, that was at the Hamilton Kart Club in 1993. It was the first ever race.
1: Okay, and then talk about your career. Like you've won in first ever King of the Concrete winner, won on dirt ovals and asphalt road
2: courses is your main thing. Like that's yep. why you're so wicked at the carts. Well, the um, of of everything that I've done, uh, yeah, I was the first winner of the King of the Concrete. But uh, my favorite accomplishment is my um, Millennium Race. I won the first race. In this millennium, I won uh, January first, two thousand. Oh wow! So I won that in Columbus, Ohio. So it's a thousand years before anyone will ever match me, and that's what... thats I, pretty I got, sweet. I got, the, I got the tattoo on my arm. That's the uh, the winning. That's the uh, winning sticker from that race, right there.
1: It's At January Columbus, 1st. you said
2: that was Columbus, Ohio. Yep.
1: So that's like before the King of the Concrete existed, and that was just like an indoor race, or what was?
2: Yep, that was before the King of the Concrete.
1: Gotcha. And then that's uh, pretty sweet. I like that.
2: Yeah. But then uh, did... another indoor story is uh, I was racing uh, Atlantic City with my go kart, and uh, Sue Friesen was running his TQ midget. Huh. Well, he ended up missing his flight, so they decided to uh, put me in his TQ midget to shake it down. Well, oh, I ended boy. up shaking the I ended up shaking the wall down and uh completely destroyed his car. <laughs> Stu shows up with his helmet bag to go uh to go uh see his car and he walks up and I was laying there pretty sore and very embarrassed and he uh he showed up to jump in his car and <laughs> when he showed up the car was in a ball and it was me who did it.
1: <laughs> that was the Harry Macy number 9, right? Correct. Yep, I destroyed yeah, that that's car. a famous it, car too.
2: Well, it was.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it still was after you. They fixed it. Just not that it's day. Tough. Stu still well, got another ride that day, didn't he? I think he did pick something yes. up. He ended up yeah. jumping in a
2: 93, and I think he finished third if memory strikes me, but he would have won in that uh, that nine car.
1: Tell what you did, why you piled it in the wall.
2: Well, it depends on who you talk to, because <laughs> I say something stuck or broke. Everyone else says my foot Just never left the throttle. (laughs) Other people think I got on the clutch. Um, That's what I thought.
1: That's what I heard.
2: It's Either way, the one Joel Friesen says he was standing at the the end of the wall. He said the wheels were full lock left with the left front tire locked up and the car was wound out wide open. So that's the closest I... I don't know how I went so many It was the second session I took it out for, so I don't know how I would have gone so many laps without doing something dumb. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. Oh,
1: I, I, didn't
2: you. know what, I didn't know what I was doing, but I went so long without doing anything dumb. That's why I really think something failed, <laughs> but this, I could have screwed up. I'll, I'll give you the benefit <laughs> of the doubt
0: for sure. I, I'd say that sounds about yeah. right. And uh, you talk about... We,
2: it, oh, hold on. We ended up winning the go-kart race. that day so something right
0: nice and then did you have to donate your winnings? i I was gonna say you have to donate (laughs) any winnings back to uh the freezans for that one or what
2: um no i ended up taking the car over to slack performance in uh um uh in new york there and we repaired the car built everything all brand new for them and uh no i i didn't I needed the winnings to get home. <laughs> I was broke yeah. back then. Yeah,
1: for sure. GSR wasn't your first rodeo on the chassis deal? No, no,
2: no I've, I've wrecked a few things.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Uh, take us back to, to karting though and, and talk about um, you know, having road course proficiency and now being an oval guy. Did you find anything from how you developed as a driver translates to what you're doing now or is it just so completely different being on dirt and being a, a, an oval guy?
2: Uh, completely different. Um, and it's actually funny when, when I was switching over to, uh, sprint cars, everyone said, Oh, you're going to be amazing in sprint cars. It's exactly the same as the go-karts. And of course at the time I was, you know, pretty good in go-karts. So I kind of jumped into it a little cocky thinking, no problem. I'll I'll be right at the front. I'll be winning races on like my third, fifth race out, whatever. And I'm telling you, I had a wake up call. Um, they are nothing like anything I've ever done before. Everything I did in go-karts Uh, nothing transfers over. It it really, really doesn't. Go karts, you gotta be so smooth. You gotta enter the corner slow, hit the bottom, you know. Whereas the sprint car, you gotta fire it in on lap cars. You gotta run the top. You gotta get sideways. Nothing from the go kart actually transferred over. The only thing that transferred over was being able to look forward and like learn to race properly. But as far as Driving
1: your smoothness came from go karts too. You're Correct smooth. the smooth that came yes. from carts.
2: The smooth is yes, but as far as driving it, if anything, it hurt me um because that's what keeps me like I if you've I've oh, sure you noticed I run the bottom all the time and that's because of go karts. You know, you Same here. never go to the top in a go kart. No. No. Like and never like, yeah.
1: Flat carts are just so keep it straight and that's how it is on the bottom
2: oh yeah and that's why when i run up on lap cars i'm just so used to trying to get them coming off the corner on the bottom where's the sprint car you got to run it in above them entering the corner and that's just so foreign to me and that's actually been my biggest problem of everything is lap traffic and that's because of go-karts yeah
1: i agree i always say like micros are better like kids in the States that can run micros when they're 10 and stuff. That's a way better training ground, obviously. Absolutely. Um, but a lot more expensive
2: than flat carts as well. Uh, I think they're even more expensive. They're definitely more expensive than a crate sprint. Oh, sure. guaranteed.
1: Yeah. Micro yeah. for sure.
2: Yeah. your are correct. That's, that's the one thing with these crate cars. Like as much as I, I got to be careful what I say, because yes, it costs a lot of money, but honestly they are pretty darn cheap to run, man. They really, if you don't wad one up, you really don't like right now. We're making money with the crate car because, you know, just because we're not going through, you know, parts and stuff like that. Like,
1: and your stuff's paid for. Correct.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then like, or the GSR car that's for sale, it's like 21000 or whatever, right? That 21 car. And Johnny Miller just finished third with it at Merrittville.
2: Correct. Um, that car is no longer for sale, but a brand oh, whatever. new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a brand new GSR car, body, um, pins, frame. Uh, rock guard all that it's 7500 bucks that that's that's very cheap um you know you put them you know a brand new car brand new crate everything I, you know you're 30 grand regardless um that's all brand new
1: yeah. stuff
2: all brand new for sure you know what i mean yeah. but at the end of the year you know my car is probably only worth 22 25 you know it's really it really is cheap you know
0: yeah
2: as and far as racing things though. for sure yeah
0: so talk to us about why, why make the jump. What propelled you towards the sprint cars from, from the karting world?
2: Well, it's something I've always wanted to do my whole entire life. I just, um, I, I wanted to get my life on track first. I wanted to have a nice house, nice family, nice company. And I, I, I got all that, right? Like I, I made it up to that stage, but I still didn't want to do the jump. Um, just because of how much money it costs, it was actually Dave Dykstra who talked me into doing it. Um, I'm really happy he did talk me into doing it. You know, without him pushing me and helping me at the beginning there, I, I definitely would not have, have gone spring car.
1: I'm glad you did. Cause you were one of my first heroes and I'm glad you finally got to do it. Cause we all knew that <laughs> talent was buried in there. We just had to get it out of you. And we all know when you used to chirp about racing that deep down you did want to try it. We all knew.
2: Uh, the, the funniest thing is because with my company, I hated when racers came to me because I just didn't want to work on race cars because of all the drama and this and that. And now, look, I closed my company down to go work for racers.
1: <laughs> you found your deal.
2: Yeah, you know what? I, I absolutely love what I'm doing. I, a great company I'm working for. I, I just love every, every moment of this right now. everything's going good right now.
1: And you won the first race on the chassis. It's the perfect story, if you ask me. I
0: love the way that worked out. Uh
2: Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Uh, I was just going to say, so what does the rest of 2023 and and the future kind of look like now? Um, You know, obviously... The crate tour it's got uh kind of the west division east division then it's coming together for a national action sprint tour division like that uh do you plan on trying to follow that tour as much as possible are you trying to stick to just ash uh, weekend what, what's the plan for brett Stratford and that bs39 so
2: at the beginning of the year i planned on doing everything i was going to travel around go everywhere but where the problem came is last year i worked for my own company out of my house, you know, I walked out my door, walked in my shop, I could work on my car at any time. So I had lots of free time. The problem is now is I got an hour drive to GSR every day. So it's an hour in an hour back, you know, I leave at six in the morning, I get home at six at night. And I'm just, I want to spend time with my dogs with my wife. Um, I, I got to come home and I still got work to do in my shop. So the problem is, it's just taking up too much time. So I decided to just run uh, this local tour, you know, the Oshwegan, Maryville, Humberstone. Yeah. But even that is, it's really too much. I only got one crew guy. He's awesome. He does so much. But there's still a lot that I got to do. And it's just its just taking too much away from my, my family time. So I'm going to run every single Oshwegan and then just kind of hit and miss the Maryville Humberstone. That's a good way
1: to do it anyways.
2: Yeah, I don't don't want to commit. I'm committing to Osweigan, but the other ones, I'm just, there's no commitment. If I feel like going, I'm going to go. If I don't feel like it, I'm I'm not. I I don't want to lose the fun.
1: Started your career when there was no Osweigan. Correct. I was telling John that, how that Mm -hmm. kind of stunk for you.
2: Yeah, because that's all, you know, I grew up in Mount Hope, uh, 15 minutes down the road from Osweigan. So, uh, that's when I got this uh, sprint car. That's all I wanted to do was go to Ashwigan, and then, then that fake plan pandemic showed up, <laughs> and I, I couldn't do that. So,
1: yeah, yeah. Your but, driving so, style fits there as well. Like as soon as you hit the place, like you could tell the wind was coming. It just took just a smidge longer than we thought. I was like that too. <laughs> My first wind took forever.
2: You know, it's it's not as easy as people think, man. It, it really isn't. Um, I'm I'm hoping I'm right on this, but I, I really do feel that. Uh, this train's not going to stop now. I, I, I think now that it, I'm with you. Yeah. I, I really, I think things are going to be different now. I hope I'm right. And, you know, I could be wrong, but,
1: um, you got a whole good. extra week to celebrate it. Cause we're off
0: Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, right. let's, um, let's get you out of here on this one, Brett. I'm going to give you one last race car, one final drive, any car that you could dream of driving At any racetrack, one car, one racetrack, what's the combination you pick?
2: Ooh, I love V8 supercars as much as it's road course. I love V8 supercars. It would probably be on a road course like at Mossport. I know that sounds really, really dumb because I'm an oval guy. I'm a dirt guy. I would just, man, you watch them cars, the grunt they got, the grip they got. They're just incredible incredible cars i've loved them since i was a little kid and i did a lot of racing on mossport and i just love that place so
0: uh, i love yeah, that okay one of the more unique answers we've had oh you got one more for him travis
1: oh i probably do a couple at least like the time you went to mossport and you had your go-kart in the back of your car and then you <laughs> raced the king of the hill at the circle track with your car that you brought the go-kart with That's yep. a funny one. yeah or no the-
2: we want we won the go kart race with my hauler, or, or we won the go kart race and then used my hauler to run the King of the Hill, and I finished dead last in
0: that. Nice. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Though.
2: And then,
1: but uh, you... well, then talk about the time you won. Sorry, John, in a shifter cart because didn't you win a super big race in a shifter cart once.
2: Um, in, I didn't win a big race in a shifter cart. I've won some. Champagne races in a teammate cart. or something? Or am I That wrong? was that was a four stroke. That was in uh, Mosely, Montreal. And, okay. Uh, that That is a funny one because me and my uh, my buddy Richard, we showed up with absolutely nothing and we parked next to the uh, to people that flew in on helicopters. <laughs> Everyone was laughing at us because we were a joke and we ended up winning the the Canadians. Like it, yeah. it, that was actually pretty big for
1: us. I remember that one. You had a huge pick and in inside track and stuff. Yeah, that was a good yeah. one for us. Yeah.
0: Well, now I need maybe I need to like recruit Brett to come be my go kart coach when I'm uh, doing the rookie arrive and drive. Oh, series. we could go with Brett well, forever. You do it, need it, Brett
1: as a go kart coach at Hamilton. He would be that, a much I, better coach than me at that.
2: I'm racing uh, my go kart tomorrow at Oswego. Oh, nice! But it's it's actually funny. Steve Johnson, my uh, my partner building the cars. He's my fitter. He actually does more work building the cars than I do. Believe it or not, he does all the notching, the bending, the fitting. The guy's friggin' awesome. But anyways, yeah. his kid. I don't know how old he'd be seven, eight, I don't know how to judge kids, whatever. But his kids started racing go-karts this year. He's running a a cage cart. And uh, anyways, you know, getting lapped. You know how it is when you Mm -hmm. start, right? There's there's like 15 of them out there, whatever. But Steve's been bugging me to work on his kids' go-kart. You you can't work on it unless you know what the, you know, is is it loose on entry? Is it loose on on exit? You know, so I told him I I won't work on the go-kart until – he can stop waving at his daddy going down the straightaway. You know, once he starts learning his lines and we can actually figure out what is wrong with the go-kart. Anyways, he got to the point where we now know what he's doing and, and whatever. So I started working on his cart. He just went from being lapped to lapping up to third place overnight. And all we did was spent four or five hours working on the cart. No parts. We we never touched the motor. Everyone thinks he's cheating now. And uh, <laughs> But we never – it's the same motor, same tires, same everything. All we did is – I, I put the Brett magic into it. It's just move this, twist that, put some camber in here, and now he's a friggin' rocket. It's awesome. And anyway, you know what's the same thing? I, there's all these people saying we're cheating now with this race car. Buddy, it's the same motor I've had for four years. That's we didn't fact. even We didn't even lift the, the motor out of the car with the carburetor because I didn't want to ruin the gaskets on the carburetor that have been there for four years. We lifted yeah. it from the exhaust bolt, made up all this. Just so we wouldn't touch the motor, and then now I'm cheating all of a sudden. It's literally, <laughs> yeah. Watch the videos. The car comes off the corner better than anybody. If you come off yeah. the corner good, you know what it does down the straightaway. It goes freaking fast, right? So okay,
1: it's funny. last one. We got to tell the horror story of your Friday a little bit of your trailer falling off on the way, and then the flat tire on the push track. Because like what you overcame <laughs> to win that race is a, a story of it in itself. And we yeah, well,
2: I have a bit of a speeding problem as. Is- People might know if they follow me. And uh, anyways, on uh, fourth line, heading to work, first thing in the morning, I'm doing I don't know buck thirty, buck forty, towing my trailer, crossing the train tracks, and I crossed the train tracks, and all of a sudden my van pulled hard to the left, and I was like whoa, I thought I hit a pothole. Then it pulled hard to the right, so I I actually thought someone ran into the back of me, and uh, so I looked in my left mirror, and I could just see the edge of my fenders, I like, that's weird, look in the right mirror, there's my trailer next to me. So I got on the brakes, well, next thing you know, I'm sideways on the road, holy crap. So um, I finally got it lowed down, and it was uh, kind of funny because I stopped next to like 20 people at a little smoke shop convenience store there, they were laughing <laughs> at me. So I called the boys from the GSR Fab Shop, they came down with jacks and everything, and uh, we ended up getting the trailer back on my van, and I made her back to work with very minimal damage. <laughs>
1: So,
2: <laughs> no damage on the trailer. Cra- it's crazy. It it, it it I got pictures of it. I'll, I'll show you how it's yeah. all hooked up. And then we're working on Johnny Miller's car, and I'm drilling um on, on his car, and the, the drill grabbed and hit me in the face, swelled up all my face, all blue. My lips still a little screwed up from it. So that was another little bad thing that happened. And then um uh, we get we get um at the track, you know, uh one of, my, uh, one of my crew guys, Christopher, he draws us number one. So we're starting on the pole. And uh, we were last going up to the grid, up to the, the, the push track. And Anthony just goes to, push, to make sure I'm in gear and starts yelling, you got a flat, you got a flat. There's air coming out of my tire. I, I thought he was joking. I really did. And then uh, finally I believed him. So he pushed me back to the pit. And of course, you know, when you got an open trailer and not much of anything, well, there's a the tire... In my van from last year. It's not ground. It's there's no air in it, no nothing. We don't know the backspacing. And uh Steve from GSR, he came over and helped Anthony. They changed the tire, put it on. No, they put air in it, but never got it proper. The backspacing was different. And we just we just barely made it to get out on the track. We get out to the push track and instantly they pushed us out on the on the racetrack. And,
1: Hell and a story. we went
2: out, we went out and won the race. And there was like, legit, the right rear was not
0: ready. Nice. Yeah. That's amazing. Wild. That's awesome, buddy. Yeah. Well, congrats on all the success so far this year and finally breaking through for that win. Much deserved, in our opinion, and uh, we can't wait to uh, see what the rest of 2023 brings you. Brett Stratford on the Southern Ontario Dirt Show podcast. Thank you, guys. Cheers, buddy. And the checkered is out on another episode of the Southern Ontario Dirt Show presented by Oshweken Speedway and Bicknell Racing Products. Like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Connect with us on Facebook at Southern Ontario Dirt Show, or find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at SODS underscore pod. Have a question for the show? Email us, Southern Ontario Dirt Show at gmail.com. Thanks for supporting local racing in Southern Ontario, and we'll see you at the track.